Talk Radio 96.7. It's Thursday. It's after 8 o'clock. It's time for the Ozone. The Ozone with Ronnie O and Coach Joe. Brought to you by Foshi Jewelers, your one-stop jewelry shop, and by Allied Scrap Processors of Lakeland. I want to thank... Uh, I don't know who to thank for this, the TV networks or perhaps uh, the players themselves. I want to thank Tiger Woods, who, for perfect timing, he, fought, he holed his final putt of the night about three minutes ago, <laughs> right in time for, for me to, to finish getting set up here. And we're going to talk more about his uh, first round back in months. And uh, he's out there in Los Angeles at Riviera playing in the Genesis Open. And we're going to talk about how he's doing and about golf a little bit later with Adam Silverstein. Who uh, We're going to talk about a bunch of stuff with him. But uh, first, I want to just rejoice in the fact that a long time wrong has been righted and justice has finally been done. And we want to kind of focus on that a little bit tonight. Uh, but before we do that, real quick, uh, it, the word is just coming down now about Tim McCarver, uh, the, the longtime St. Louis Cardinals catcher. I think he was also a catcher for the Phillies in the 70s. I remember watching him play. And back before there was a Marlins and, and uh, you know, down in South Florida, you, you just, whoever happened to have the Superstation with the TVs, that you, it was the team that you followed in baseball. I would follow the New York Mets on WRR, W-O-R, out of New York. And Tim McCarver was, uh, this was the mid-80s Mets, who were a crazy good team and incredibly wild and colorful to watch. And Tim McCarver was uh, one of the main broadcasters then. And so he was a lot of fun to listen to. And, of course, he went on to bigger things with Fox after that. And he was a terrific broadcaster ahead of his time and really understood things as a catcher understands baseball. And, and it was a lot of fun watching him. And maybe when Ronnie gets back in a couple of weeks, we can reminisce more about him. But the word just came down that he passed away at the age of 82 today. So uh, uh, thinking about Tim McCarver. But uh, somebody who passed away a couple of years ago, uh, our good friend of the show, Ken Riley, uh, one of the great cornerbacks in the history of football, he was also a great quarterback at, at Florida A&M University, and he was a great person. He was from the area. He did a lot for the community. He was a terrific, great friend of the show, and we miss him a lot. And one of the great injustices of our time was the fact that he wasn't in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. There really wasn't a good reason for it. One of the fifth most interceptions of all time, way more than anybody has, has ever had since. And uh, for one reason or another, he was overlooked, and that was righted last week. He was elected officially into the Pro Football Hall of Fame, and we're going to just rejoice in that uh, for a little bit this evening. Unfortunately, not with him, since he's no longer with us, but with his son, Ken Riley II, if you were watching last week. In fact, just shortly after we left the air, so I got home in time to watch this on TV, was to watch it be officially announced, and for his son, Ken Riley II, who's going to be joining us shortly, uh, came out and got the congratulations about being the newest member, his dad being the newest member of the Pro Football Hall of Fame. So we're going to rejoice in that t tonight. And just real quick, before we take a break, let me t uh, tell you who were the newest inductees in into the Hall of Fame. They'll be inducted officially in August, but they were named last week. There was Joe Thomas, the Cleveland offensive tackle, the Darrell Rivas, uh, remember the Jets cornerback, uh, DeMarcus Ware, great alignment for Dallas and uh, for a couple other teams 
for many years. And Joe Klecko, if you remember the Jets and the uh, New York Sack Exchange, you remember Joe Klecko, great defensive tackle. Chuck Howley, who was a little bit earlier than that, Super Bowl V MVP, even though the Cowboys lost. And uh, those were great doomsday Dallas defenses back then, and he was a prime part of those. And then, of course, Air Coriel, Don Coriel, the great coach of the St. Louis Cardinals. They were St. Louis Cardinals back then in the 70s and then went on to greater fame with the San Diego Chargers and Dan Fouts and the, the great aerial attack that, that he was instrumental and very innovative coach. Uh, th- those guys were all uh, elected to the Hall of Fame as well as Ken Riley and um, Rondé Barber, who we're going to talk about a little bit too tonight, and uh, also Zach Thomas. As a Dolphin fan, I have great memories of Zach Thomas, a great tackling machine. And so we're going to reminisce a lot about that this evening, and we're going to have a good time doing it. 682-1430, 682-1430. Or if you want to uh, email us, ozone, O-Z-O-N-E, at hallradio.net. Did I get it right, Eric? I always have to check. Eric's saying, saying I didn't get it wrong this time. All right, well done me. <laughs> so uh, there's a lot to talk about, and, and we want to get right to the Ken Riley stuff. So what we'll do right now, if it's all right with Eric, we'll take a break. He says it's okay, so we'll do that. <laughs> and we'll come back with Ken Riley II, the son of the late Ken Riley, and we'll celebrate that great man and his election into the Hall of Fame. In the Ozone, Talk Radio 96.7, WLKF. All right, this is Hall of Fame manager Whitey Herzog in the Ozone. The Ozone with Ronnie Owen, Coach Joe. You got it every Thursday from 8 to 9 right here, brought to you by Allied Scrap Processors of Lakeland. And by Foshi Jewelers, also of Lakeland. Ken Riley was one of the great original Bengals. He was a sixth-round pick out for Cincinnati in 1969. Of course, he went on to a great career with the Bengals. He spent all 15 years of his NFL career in Cincinnati. Of course, we know him here from his days at Union Academy and then Florida A&M University. And, of course, his great work in the community here in Polk County. He's a Polk County icon, the late Ken Riley at long last, a member of the NFL Pro Football Hall of Fame. And uh, I just can't begin to tell you how how happy that makes us at the Ozone. But I know somebody who's probably a lot happier than, than, even, than even us here, Eric, and, that's, and he's on the line with us right now, and that's uh, late Ken Riley's son. Ken Riley II joins us in the Ozone. Congratulations, Ken, first off, and thank you for joining us on, on what's just got to be just a, a, a happy moment. Yes, uh, thanks for having me. Uh, yes, it's uh, definitely um, a long time coming, but we are happy that he's finally, you know, got the call and be in the Pro Football Hall of Fame, the class of 2023, so we can't be more excited. Uh, like you said, just wishing he was here to uh, feel to get the recognition himself, but uh, we're definitely glad he's finally in. You know, uh, the news came about an hour after we went off the air last week, and, you know, we knew that it was coming, the announcement. And I think, you know, the big hurdle apparently was getting uh, the nomination from the Veterans Committee back in August. So the last mm-hmm. six months have been kind of, uh, yeah, but don't count don't count it until it happens. So uh, it's superstition-wise, we didn't want to talk about it much here, but how about in your family uh, as you waited the last six months for it to become official? Yeah, I've been doing this for a long time and been watching it. So uh, I was more emotional when he made it as a finalist because I knew that was the biggest hurdle. And 98% of the people that made it as a finalist comes out of the senior group got in. So 
like you said, I didn't want to, uh, you know, jinx it, but I really had a good feeling that, uh, you know, at that point, uh, it was just, you know, preliminary. He was going to get in. So um, it was, you know, it still was like wait and see, but at the same time, I, I really had a good feeling. So just to finally get that call really, you know, solidified it. And I was just relieved that, you know, XL, like, yes, he's finally in. So, um, but yeah, that, that was the biggest hurdle in July, I, I think. Tell, tell us a little bit about what, what you refer to as the call, because we, we saw the behind-the-scenes footage for the different uh, uh, Hall of Fame inductees who are, are still alive. They'd get the knock at the door from some representative of the Hall of Fame, usually a teammate perhaps. Uh, but how did you get the word? And and was it you or was it uh, somebody else? Were you the official designated spokesperson for the, the NFL to go to? Yeah, I, I mean, my mom is still, you know, she, she's around um, – Thankfully, she's still around. But, you know, since I've been really the active one, you know, for so long doing it, so I'm kind of the representative. But uh, what they did was uh, Jim Porter, who's the president of the uh, Pro Football Hall of Fame, he called, he initiated the call. And then uh, Anthony Bingo, who's in the Hall of Fame, he uh, made the official announcement. So it was special uh, to have him on the phone and, you know, let us know that it's finally happened because, like I said, he's the only other bingo that's in the, you know, the Hall of Fame at this time. But uh, it was definitely uh, a special moment. So the call was made directly to you, and did, did were you the one who got to uh, tell your mom? Yes, it was made to me, and then I called my mom afterwards. Yeah. I, yeah can you just give us some idea of, of how that must have felt and what that was like? Well, like I said before, this call, I was expecting it, so that wasn't, it was a, hey, my, he's finally in, but the call before that, the same thing happened uh, when they called to let me know that he was a finalist. That time, that's when I was very emotional. I couldn't even really get get it out when I called. It was like, mom, he's made it as a finalist, but she couldn't even understand what I was saying because I just got so emotional at that point. But um, so this call here was more like, hey, Ma, it's official. So, um, that, like I said, the call in July for me was the, the big climatic moment where I was like, man, he, <laughs> he, he, he's, he's there. He's there. He's right at the doorstep. So, uh, but like I said, this call here, I was kind of expecting it. Um, and it was beneficial that they expanded the senior class to three. So, uh, that process as a senior candidate is so strenuous because there are so many players in there. So when you're coming out of that group as a finalist, it, the odds are, you know, stacked in your favor, you know, once you get to that point. Well, 65 career interceptions, uh, return yards of 596 return yards. You actually scored five touchdowns as a defensive player as well. I, these these numbers are, are stack up against anybody who's ever played the game. He's right up there in the top five in all-time interceptions and just a few behind the all-time leader. I never quite understood what took so long. Did any? Did you hear explanations or, or as to why it took so long? Why, why, why now as opposed to why not 10 years ago? Why not 20 years ago? Well, you've heard all excuses, but like you said, there's not a a reasonable excuse when you're talking about everybody above him and like four or five guys under him in the top 10 and were in there at the time of his retirement, he was number four. And if you really break it down, he's the number two 
all-time interception leader as a pure corner. There was only one other person, um, Knight trained, Dick Knight trained, that only played corner their entire career. Most of those, a lot, well, a lot of those guys either were safeties or later on in their career they uh, transitioned to safety. So the pure corner, he's actually number two. But like you said, 65 interceptions, 207 games played, uh, all with one team. And, you know, it, it, there's no reasonable excuse. You know, I know some of the arguments one time was like he didn't make a uh, Pro Bowl. But in 1976, he led, the, you know, AFC in interceptions, had nine interceptions, uh, three three picks his last game against Joe Namath, and he still didn't make the Pro Bowl. So, you know, there's there was no logical reason why it took so long, but we're just blessed now. You know, you can't change it. That's one of the things my father always said. You, you only can control what you can, you know, control. And he put all the work in, and his record speaks for himself. And it's unfortunate that it took that long, but at the same time, we are just truly – excited and blessed that he's finally getting that recognition that he deserves. Uh, so we, we're really excited about it. Well, we're excited, too, not only because he's a great player, but a great man as well. And, you know, I, I discovered this uh, in the past few days uh, on YouTube, Rattler, the Ken Riley story. I, I didn't, there, it's, uh, it's about a 30-minute kind of a documentary about, about your dad. It looks like it was made in 2021. And, uh, yeah, it was a group. I, uh, they out of a height. Well, one one live, guy lives in Florida. Uh, they did a great job of that. If that's the thing we're talking about, where it starts off like with the black and white TV, and then it goes yeah. on. Yeah, uh, those guys are great. Um, like I said, one of the guys lives in Florida actually, and then the other one, Zim, is in. Uh, he's in Cincinnati, but they did a great job of uh, putting that together and telling the story. Oh, it, um, it really it, was terrific. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's, it, those guys. It's a lot of. And it, it's kind of like, you know, you don't realize it because that was my father, but he touched so many people and had so many fans. And when you see, uh, you know, people putting that together and talk about, talking about like that, it's really, uh, it's really humbling and uh, just goes to show that, you know, he did touch a lot of people. And like I said, not only as a football player, as a man, he really loved his community and his family and, uh, so he was definitely, I know I'm biased, but he, he was definitely uh, a great man. Well, what I was really impressed by, he told a story about this uh, the coach at FAMU, uh, Jake Gaither, mm-hmm. about learning about honesty and leadership from him because uh, your dad was quarterback on right. uh, those Rattler teams. And a lot of people compare him. Uh, now, he's, they, if they wanted a modern reference, they said he was a lot like Russell Wilson as a quarterback. Apparently very, very good. And unfortunately, the times back then really didn't give him a proper opportunity at quarterback, but he became a great corner. Um, honesty and leadership, uh, though, he, the way he stressed that, it was so impressive. Uh, there was an interview with him about a great story about how he tried to put one over on the coach and, mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, yeah. how that didn't work out so well. And then and he was told about, you know, he has to be the leader of a team. And, and I was wondering, Ken, if you don't mind, uh, can you give us a little bit of insight into what he was like as a dad? Um, what you see is what you get. Like I said, yeah. that, that, that was him. And like I said, he was big on, you know, um, God fearing man. So always keeping God first and really just hard work, putting in the work. If you want something, uh, nothing is given. So, um, you know, that was his biggest thing. You, you got to go out and put in the work. 
you put in the work and then you will be rewarded but nothing is nothing comes easy worthwhile having so that was that was one of the biggest things that I learned from him is that you know you got to get out and work you know like sometimes people want it, you know a lot of days with the generation they want it, you know microwave they want everything fast but he was always big and you know you get in put in the work and you know set your goals and um you know keep working until you achieve it so I try to still in my my kids and you know like I said I had a role model I I, I showed me the roadmap and I try to do my best to uh, follow it and um, like I said he was always um, you know just very humble in it and not braggadocious but you know at the same time very competitive and confident in himself so um, you know yeah. I always wondered about that. Ken, about uh, the fact that he was like that, that he, he, he went and he did the work and, and he was humble about it and not flashy. I mean, you see players nowadays, if they do anything on the field, hey, they, they run to the other side of the field, look at me here. They get find the nearest camera and they start waving to it. And, of course, you know, it wasn't done back in his day. And he, and he was, uh, even, even for the times, he was not one who would be considered flashy by any means. I always thought that might have worked against him in Pro Bowl voting and in Hall of Fame voting. Oh, for sure. Like I said, it's it's good and bad. And you know, as I you know, as I look back on it, sometimes I wish he would have uh, did things. Uh, it's not fair, though. Right? <laughs> one of the reasons why it probably took so long too, because there are times you know you got to stay active in that community because if you're not seen, then people tend to forget. So a lot of times, well, he didn't like you know like going to celebrity golf tournaments, uh, going back up to Cincinnati uh, for different events, or just anything that the NFL kind of sponsored. He was really involved in the local community, and that's what he cared about. So and instead of him, I'm you know attending some of the events and putting his you know name out there, he he just like hey my my work is you know speaks for itself. So yeah, I think that was kind of like. It kind of hurt him in the long run as far as just taking it so long because that wasn't his nature to, you know, hey, look at me, look what I did. And, you know, he was a, he was honestly like a homebody. He didn't really care to fly. And uh, like I said, he just as well, you know, just stay in, you know, Polk County and the surrounding areas and, you know, help the community, help the kids. And that's what he was about. So um, I do believe that kind of probably – Maybe take it a little bit longer if he if he was to go the other route and be like, hey, look at me, and uh, like I said, be more active in the NFL community. Well, you know, he was so active in this community with the Ken Riley Thirteen Foundation. It was it helped a mm-hmm. lot of uh, underprivileged kids get get educated, and uh, it was such great work. And uh, it's so much appreciated here in Polk County. All of the things that your dad did. And, uh, you know, if, if um, we miss we miss having him around, we miss the, the events that uh, he used to put on. They, they were such a great time. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, he did a good job. He, had to, he also participated in the EPAC, and uh, that was a big event that they had every year. Uh, but that was, you know, he was involved in a lot of different committees. But that's what – that was him, though. That's what he cared about. You know, he had opportunities to, you know, continue on coaching in the NFL and, you know, but once he was done with it, he was done, and he wanted to, you know, be around his family, and and Barto was always home for him. Well, and and we'll always consider him, you know, one of uh, our most treasured 
persons uh, to ever come out of out of Bartow, out of Polk County. Ken, we really appreciate you joining us tonight. Are you speaking in Canton in August? Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm sure looking forward to that and uh, wish you the best of luck. Uh, maybe uh, you come join us before you head to Canton and uh, one more time. Where are you living right now, by the way? You're not here anymore. I'm in Houston. In Houston? Yeah, I'm, in Houston. Oh, okay. yeah, I'm the only one outside of uh, Florida. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I've been out here a while now. Well, I hope we can touch base again before the ceremony. And uh, who knows, maybe uh, Ronnie and I will get out there We're, we're for it. <laughs> I've never been over there in Canton, Ohio, so it might be a lot of okay, fun. Okay, yeah. I haven't either. That was my thing. I was like, I would never go and had opportunity to go, but I'm like, I won't go until he gets in. So now I found to go. <laughs> now it's time to go. Make up for some now lost time. time. <laughs> Congratulations yeah. to you, Ken, to your entire family. Uh, we wish you all the best, and we're so happy for you guys, uh, and we miss Ken very much. He was truly, truly, I got to meet him a few times. You know, it's one of the nice things about doing a show like this, and he was such a great guy, and uh, we really appreciate you joining us, and, and we, we just thank you so much, and we look forward very much to August when he gets formally inducted into the Hall of Fame. Congratulations. Well, thank you. Yeah, thanks for having me, and thanks for your support, and thanks for the kind words. We appreciate it. Well, thank you. That's Ken Riley II, uh, son of the late, great Ken Riley, now a member of the Pro Football Hall of Fame, and we couldn't be happier. And we couldn't be happier to have had him on, and we couldn't be happier to uh, have Adam Silverstein coming up after the break here in the Ozone. We're going to stop for a moment for Kim Commando in the Fox Business Brief. And then we'll be back, Coach Joe in the Ozone, Talk Radio 96.7, WLKF. Hey, we're kicking off another half hour of the Ozone right now, Talk Radio 96.7. The Ozone with Ronnie O and Coach Joe brought to you by Foshi Jewelers, your one-stop jewelry shop, and by Allied Scrap Processors, turning scrap metal into cash. Gator basketball with a nice win last night against uh, Old Miss now plays at Arkansas this Saturday afternoon. Tip off at two o'clock. Pre-game at one thirty. If you want to hear the play-by-play, it is on our sister station W O N N twelve thirty AM one hundred seven point one FM. Again, that's one thirty PM. Pre-game two o'clock. Tip off. And tonight we were talking about besides uh, what's going on with the Gators. We got uh, Tiger Woods is back out on the golf course. Uh, playing tournament golf again. We've talking about NFL Hall of Fame. So we've got football, basketball, golf. You know, when you have that many different things to talk about, you really need somebody special on the show. And that's why we've invited to join us the editorial director at CBS Sports and, of course, our man at OnlyGators.com, Adam Silverstein. Hey, it's good talking to you again, Adam. Thanks for coming on tonight. Hey, thanks for having me, and that is quite an introduction. I hope I live up to that billing. <laughs> well, you are you're the one man who can talk about stuff like this. We uh, we just talked to Ken Riley the second about Ken Riley's induction in the Hall of Fame. Of course, he's special up here in Polk County because he's from uh-huh. Bartow, and of course uh, lived in the area uh, up until his death. Uh, but there's somebody special special to me as a Dolphins fan, and of course you're you're well-tuned into South Florida sports, who also made the Hall of Fame uh, long overdue. Not quite as long as uh, Ken Riley, but long overdue. It took him like 10 years of eligibility. And that, of course, is Zach Thomas, who was a tackling machine, wasn't he? (laughs) He was. Just, you know, immensely as a Miami Dolphins fan, and I can say that because I don't primarily cover the NFL, as a Miami Dolphins fan, you know, since I was a kid, uh, seeing Zach Thomas do what he did, of course, in South Florida was fantastic. But when you compare his resume... Uh, to the resume of a lot of other linebackers in the Pro Football Hall of Fame, he just blows them out of the water. And for him to take 
this long to get into the Hall of Fame. Uh, seven-time Pro Bowler, five-time All-Pro, um, All-Decade team for 2000s. He led the league in tackles twice. I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's ridiculous for it to take this long. But, you know, the wait is over. It's great. He still gets to go in. He's still only 49 years old, so he gets to go in before he's 50. Uh, but Zach Thomas is a Hall of Famer, and, you know, both uh, professionally and personally, I'm very excited for him. You, you know, uh, the Dolphins for so long had, had great middle linebackers in there. You go back to Bonacani, of course, and, and Steve Toll was pretty good. John Offerdahl was was pretty good, and uh, um, A.J. Dewey played some linebacker. But, uh, you know, you almost—but Zach really almost outshone them all. You know, 1,181 tackles. That's third most in NFL history. Uh-huh. It, yep. it, he's unbelievable. I was watching some highlights of his, and he was a great, great uh, player in pass coverage, too. Yeah, he was incredible. I mean, he, there's— you know, despite being a fifth-round pick, he's in the College Football Hall of Fame as well. So it tells you that he had done this since his the beginning of his career at Texas Tech back in the early 90s, all the way, of course, uh, through his NFL career. So, no, Zach uh, is fantastic. And one thing oh, some don't know, he doesn't talk about it that much, but uh, when the Miami Dolphins drafted Channing Crowder, who was a middle linebacker for them, you know, succeeding Zach for a while, obviously, uh, Crowder, not a Hall of Famer or anything like that, but had a very uh, distinguished career with the Dolphins, a uh, very effective player. Zach completely took him under his wing uh, and really taught him what it meant to be a middle linebacker starter uh, in the NFL, and it's one of the reasons, or one of the people he credits for his career. You know, Zach's only five foot eleven. That means he's uh, not taller than me. <laughs> so it's <laughs> amazing. Uh, but he looks—he looks so so big. That was—it uh, was great uh, seeing that uh, uh, knock on the door. Although they did it a little bit differently with Zach. Jimmy Johnson actually was already at the house, and Zach came home and he was waiting for him. I don't know if you got a chance to see that. No, I, I saw just a clip. I guess that they showed. Maybe it was during the Super Bowl or, or the pregame. Probably is what it was. Um, but no, I mean, however it happened, and I, I do know that Jimmy Johnson was the one that was there, um, you know, it just had to be a really special moment for him. And it's one of those things where like, you know, he's accomplished so much in his career that you think it's coming, you know, it's coming, but like you want it to happen already. You know, you get, you get testy and antsy. And I think what's interesting about Zach Thomas is I don't really think he got in the media saying, I deserve it. I should have it. What's taking so long. You know, I, don't, I think it was all his teammates and other people who followed the NFL, we're just like, all right, this is getting a little bit ridiculous. Let's kind of get him in here and to see it you know, happen after really the last two years were the ones where you looked at it and you're like, hey, you should probably get in this year. Um, so for him to finally get in there, you know, great, of course, for him, for the Dolphins, and for their fans. Yeah, you know, I was talking about this earlier in the show with Ken Riley II, uh, Zach Thomas, Ken Riley, Rondé Barber, who also got in from the Bucks. not guys who would jump around and do the look-at-me stuff. They just, mm-hmm. they just made plays over and over again. Uh, and I always wondered if that worked against him a little bit. Maybe. Uh, he certainly wasn't that flashy, but at the time, there was no one questioning uh, the greatness of Zach Thomas. But look, when you are away, uh, when you're not playing in the league for, I'm trying to think when he um, retired, I think it was like 08, 09. So he's been, you know, nearly 15 years out of the NFL. So when you're gone that long, you know, people forget. And uh, hopefully the Hall of Fame ceremony next year will help them remember. Yeah, yeah, I hope so, because he's definitely worth remembering. And, of course, it was announced uh, just prior to the Super Bowl, or actually just to, just after we got off the air last week. And, and speaking of the Super Bowl, uh, 
I think uh, I got to congratulate you for some, you say you don't cover uh, football, but uh, well. you, 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 according <laughs> to your Twitter here, you uh, you won most of your uh, most of your bets, including a, a bunch of tough proposition bets. Sure. Yeah. No, I um I don't I don't cover the NFL for uh, CBS Sports, but uh, we have a separate website, it's sportsline.com, so it's a sports picks website, and I do contribute there with uh, picks. And for the Super Bowl, I went a little overboard on the picks. <laughs> one day a year, but if you're gonna do it, do it on the Super Bowl, of course. Um, and I just did exceedingly well. So yes, it was a it's been a good month. Let's put it that way. Well, I can say that uh, I did get the spread right. I had Chiefs plus one and a half, and I did get the over/under. So I was I was pl- pretty pleased with that because I got a lot of flack when I picked against the Eagles. <laughs> but uh, hey, yeah. it's, it's just Mahomes, right? It was something about him. As long as he was healthy, he'd somehow find a way, don't you think? Uh, the thing with Mahomes is we may be in the process of watching the greatest to ever do it, and uh, you know, if you saw it, you've seen it in their two Super Bowl wins, coming back from ten points down at halftime in both. I think, if memory serves, the only team to come back from double-digit deficits in the fourth quarter or second half. I forgot what the stat is. Uh, but he's the, you know, the leader of that team, the pairing with uh, Andy Reid, the pairing with Travis Kelsey, the three of them together. They got something special going there. And, uh, you know, I think it won't be long. I mean, look, you talk about the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Mahomes could retire today, and he's a Hall of Famer first ballot. Like, I think he's 27, 28 years old. So it's, it's really remarkable what he's doing. And, yeah, he has an opportunity to be the greatest ever. You know, he's off to the start for sure. Well, you know who had a, a great game? And this was actually one of the one of the parlay bets that you, or, or the prop bets that you lost was uh, Kadarius Tony. You picked him to have more than 27.5 yards receiving, but they didn't count punt return yardage. But he, he's he really had a good game, didn't he? He did, yeah. Uh, the huge punt return, which completely altered the game, touchdown, I think, on the prior possession, if memory serves. Um yeah, Kadarius Tony. He's had a really interesting NFL career. Just uh, got drafted. I think he was a first-round pick by the Giants. And between them not being able to use him properly, injuries, some people, you know, injuries that some say that perhaps were a little exaggerated, not because he didn't want to get on the field with them. Really, who the hell knows? Uh, but they traded him for relative peanuts, and the Chiefs picked him up. And he hasn't been consistent, you know, since he got there. And he has again been injured a couple times. Uh, but when he's been able to play with the Chiefs, he's scoring touchdowns. So. Next year, you know, still obviously without Tyreek Hill, um, if they can develop him in the offseason as a legitimate weapon, he could have a breakout year. So for anyone who's a fantasy player, you may want to uh, think about Kadarius Tony. Well, we're glad he landed on his feet because the Dolphins aren't giving uh, Tyreek Hill back. That's for sure. We won't let that happen. Yeah, <laughs> but, we won't. Now, you mentioned Mahomes being perhaps the best we've ever seen. Speaking of which, Tiger Woods. He's back, and uh, he, he uh, a little sluggish at first. Uh, actually, in the middle of his round is when he struggled a little bit, but then he finishes uh-huh. three straight birdies for the 69 today, uh, keeping almost keeping up with Rory, who had a four-under, and Justin Thomas was three-under. Uh, he looked good. He didn't look like he was laboring like last year. No, he didn't. I did just happen to listen to the post-round uh, press briefing, I guess, whatever you want to call it, that he did. And they said, hey, you know, three birdies at the end. You had to be tired and hurt and exhausted. How'd you do that? And he's like, no, no, I'm, I'm tired and hurt and exhausted. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to go <laughs> ice my ankle and, and try to recover. So, you know, the pain's there. Um, and, you know, it seems like this point, obviously, unless he ejects completely uh, in the second round, it seems like we'll see him on the weekend. So, really, Saturday, Sunday is where we have seen the struggles for him. You have to remember the events he's played. I guess the Open Championship was a little bit of a disappointment. But the Masters last year, and I – trying to remember if he played another one before that. I think maybe or the U.S. Open after, or maybe the PGA Championship before, whatever. Uh, he started out okay, but then when he went to the weekend, it just completely fell apart because he 
couldn't get there health-wise. Uh, he's been practicing seven months straight, uh, no major setbacks, and he's back and goes and I think a lot of people were thinking he'd shoot par, maybe one or two over, and he shoots a 69. That's pretty damn impressive. And, yeah, if uh, one's talk about the greatest to ever do it, there you go. That's what you get, uh, despite all that time off, his first regular non-major tournament since 2020. Goes out, shoots a 69 uh, in a group with Rory and Justin Thomas, which is not an easy group to play. Yeah, we'll see how he does with a quick turnaround uh, tomorrow. Hopefully he'll be all right. And speaking of hurting, Colin Castleton, broken hand, just when it looked like the Gators might have something going. He's, is he out for the season? Uh, I don't know whether he's out for the season. He is out, I would say, definitely is probably the best word. Um, I don't, you know, I, they're probably trying to determine what type of surgery they will be doing, or they most likely, I should say, were trying to determine that today. And based on the type of surgery, based on the injury, um, you know, it's a hand. I trying to remember if it's his shooting hand. I think it's his offhand, so perhaps it's a little bit uh, less of an issue, but still, um, you know, you need hands to play basketball, it's not soccer. So, uh, yeah, he'll be out, you know, through the end of the regular season, and then if somehow Florida is able to make the tournament without him, um, you know, without him playing these games in the regular season SEC tournament, perhaps there's a possibility he gets back for that. Um, But chances are the Gators won't be in the NCAA tournament, and if they're not, then there's no reason for someone with pro prospects to go play in the NIT or anything like that. So, you know, most likely done for the season, but almost certainly done through the end of the regular season. One more question, Adam. We really appreciate you joining us tonight. Uh, the um, the situation with Jaden Rashida, is that a blessing in disguise? We shouldn't really be spending that much money on one player, should we? So there's, the best way I can put it, um, from what I understand about the situation, is the figure that is, has been put out there, $13 million plus, was not exactly accurate uh, and certainly inflated. But regardless of that number or any number, you know, whatever you want to put on a player, I don't necessarily think it was a blessing not to get him. He's an extremely talented quarterback. The Gators absolutely could have used him, especially this year. I do think the entire situation with his recruitment was interesting. There's some reports out there. Uh, the Athletic wrote a really comprehensive one that you guys can read uh, that's solid that, you know, put some questions out there. But um, I think he's going to be an extraordinarily good quarterback for, I think it's Arizona State, talented kid, and the Gators would have been better with him than without him. However, you know, what happened happened, and now uh, Gators fans can look forward to DJ Lagway, the 2024 uh, five-star quarterback, who could potentially start from day one, not to put that type of pressure on him, but certainly possible uh, when he gets to Gainesville in about a year and a half. Adam, thanks so much for joining us tonight. You know, it's, uh, it's great talking to you. We can go on forever, but uh, unfortunately, they only allow us so much airtime tonight, so i gotta <laughs> got to let you go. But but it's been great talking to you, and we'll have you again on, on again soon, especially with uh, spring football coming up, and uh, uh, and we'll uh, learn talk more about the Gators and, of course, the major tournaments coming up. Love talking golf with you as well. Thanks so much, Adam. As always, whenever you guys need me, thanks. Thank you. That's Adam Silverstein, OnlyGators.com, and, of course, editorial director at CBS Sports. He knows so much about football, basketball, golf, so many great sports. He's, he's great having him on the show, and we appreciate it. Uh, and we appreciate you, ladies and gentlemen, so much that we're going to give you somebody $30 of the Lakeland Ale House when we come back after the break here with Coach Joe in the Ozone. Talk Radio 96.7 WLKF. This is Pro Football Hall of Famer Chris Hanberger, and you're listening to Ronnie Ocean in the Ozone. Ronnie O, Coach Joe, in the Ozone. The Ozone tonight is brought to you by 
Foshi Jewelers, and by Allied Scrap Processors. We want to uh, say hey out there to Ronnie, who probably is out of our range right now. He's off on vacation with his, uh, seeing his grandchildren, so we wish him well. We'll see him again soon. He'll be back in town shortly. Uh, in the meantime, we still, no matter whether Ronnie's here or not, Eric, we're going to give away $30 to the Lakeland Ale House to it, a lucky listener at the Lakeland Ale House located at 5650 South Florida Avenue. Drinking meal specials every night in 40 strategically located TVs. And whenever I go there, I try to look at every single one of them. I tell you for sure. And I go there quite a bit. All you have to do is answer this simple sports question. We've been talking about the new members of the NFL Hall of Fame. We mentioned Rondé Barber. We mentioned Zach Thomas. And of course, we talked at length with Ken Riley's about his dad, Ken Riley. All you have to do is, you know, Riley played for Cincinnati. Zach Thomas played for the Dolphins. Rondé Barber played for the Bucks. They uh, they each wore a number throughout their career. It's not the same number, uh, but if you can name any of the numbers that one that they wore, uh, you know, what number did Rondé Barber wear? What number did Zach Thomas wear? What number did Ken Riley wear? You don't have to name them all. Just if you can name any of them that they wore while they were in the NFL. You win $30 to Lakeland Alehouse, 682-1430, 682-1430. Call in, win that prize. And while we wait for a caller, you know, a couple of weeks ago, uh, for those of you who don't know, uh, when I'm not doing this, uh, on occasion I have the pleasure of being a soccer announcer at uh, the Nest at George Jenkins High, the stadium there, uh, for their girls' team. And also for the home games for that are played at Jenkins for the Lakeland Highlands Middle School team, go Cougars. And uh, one of the players for Lakeland Highlands Middle School, she's uh, a, a young young girl. She's about 13 years old, 12 or 13 years old. She's in seventh grade. And a couple of weeks ago, you know, she's part of the volleyball team. She plays club soccer. She's getting ready for the Lakeland Highlands Middle School season, which started last week. And and she she took ill. And uh, it didn't seem like it would be that big a deal. At first, you know, kids get sick, they get their sinus infections and stuff, but this turned into something extraordinarily serious and uh, nearly deadly. Um, And she has been, for the last 13 days, been in pediatric intensive care in Orlando at a hospital. She had to have surgery. Uh, I believe a stroke occurred uh, as part of this illness that got into her brain, and she's really really been suffering a lot and uh we we of course want her her teammates have rallied around her uh the, her parents have, have been right by her side throughout and we wish them well and the, i want to bring it up uh her name is jade bailey and jade is spelled j-a-y-d-e and the, if you want to know more about this and and if you want to know a way that you can send out your support i want to encourage you to go to facebook and look up on Facebook, search for Jade Strong, Jade Strong, that's uh, J-A-Y-D-E-S-T-R-O-N-G. Uh, the news is better now. Uh, she's looking at uh, uh, more time in the intensive care unit, but perhaps if things go well, maybe she'll be out of there, but then she faces weeks of therapy and recovery, and it's still a long process, and uh, and. Any support you can give, and I'm not talking, it doesn't have to be money or anything like that. It's not a fundraiser, but messages of support from this community that, that she's lived in. She's a good kid. She's very athletic. And uh, at, at this time, and, and of course, Justin Bailey, her dad, the athletic director, 
at George Jenkins High School. Great guy, and, and we wish the family well, and we hope that uh, you can just go to Facebook, Jade Strong, J-A-Y-D-E-S-T-R-O-N-G. Look that up. It'll give you all the information you want on the situation, and it'll also give you ways that you can express your support. And, uh, you know, I, I just, I just we, wish, we wish you well, Jade. Uh, we're, we're thinking of you out there. And we'll keep our audience surprised of how she does over the coming weeks. And we look forward to seeing you next week. We want to thank Ken Riley II for joining us. We want to thank Adam Silverstein for joining us. Uh, we're running out of time to go on air, but if you want to answer the show, tell us who Rondé Barber's number is or Ken Riley's number or Zach Thomas's number during your football days, and you can win $30 to Lakeland Ale House. And if not this week, we'll give it away next week here in the Ozone. Talk Radio 96.7 WLKF.